If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up to Colossians chapter 3 this morning, if you would, as the ushers continue to uh, collect uh, the morning offering. And as we do, I just want to read a few verses, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to uh, investigate, dig into a little bit about the one another's, and especially the topic today, which is forgive one another. So Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 12 and following, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father, this morning as we have gathered together to praise you through singing, to encourage one another with uh, just uh, an encouragement word, um, a handshake, Father, just uh, maybe spending time praying with one another as we share needs with each other. Father, in this time as we look into your word, as we try to explore the concept of forgiving one another, Lord, this is a tough one. But, Lord, it's so important. It has such richness to it when we really develop a heart of forgiveness towards others. So, Lord, bless this time this morning as we dig into your word, as we look at it. But most importantly, Father, change our hearts, convict us to be more like you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you guys are in this, in this series, I believe it's a six-week six, six week series on the one another's of, of brotherhood, of, of this Christian body, of, of how we get along with each other. And I'm telling you, all of these are so incredible. I believe last week was hospitality and, and the importance of being hospitable towards one another, having people over to your homes, going over to other people's homes, being uh, in tune with what other brothers and sisters in the Lord are doing. And we come to one today, which I think is vital when it comes to just the Christian community, the body. Body of Christ, and that is the willingness to forgive one another. And you know, we know that forgiveness in theory is incredibly easy, but in practicality, it is a challenge that none of us can do very well, I'm convinced of. Fact is, I just Googled forgiveness the other day, and, and look, I got about eight pages of verses from the Bible that deal with forgiveness. And I could read each one of these verses, and you'd be like, oh, that's a fantastic verse. That's a fantastic verse. Oh, man, that's a wonderful verse about forgiveness as well. And you know what? When it comes right down to it, most of us look at forgiveness from this standpoint. I don't have any real issues with others, and so forgiveness must be somebody else's deal, not mine. Fact is, if we're really honest with ourselves, most of us have one of these in the back of our mind when it comes to forgiveness. Oh, this top row, this is our spouse, this top row, right? Oh, I forgive you, babe. I'm going to hold on to that one for later. 
oh, what did you just say about that? Oh, yeah, I forgive you, but I'm going to keep record of it over here, and I'm going to use that later when, you know, it's my turn to have an argument, and I'm going to pull all of these things out from, from yesteryear. Oh, this is, maybe this is where you work. Oh, oh, that one, you know, that, that fantastic employee that you work with and how much you really enjoy each other's company, and, you know, they're, they're like that. You know, you've got this, this record of wrongs that they've done to you at work, and boy, oh boy, how are we going to handle that? Oh, maybe this is your kids. You know, your kids, boy, they, they just go right over from the time they're conceived. You just push them all the way over, and boy, I forgive you, but man, you know what? I keep these records of wrongs, and, and we've got all of these different scenarios of how we choose when to forgive and when not to forgive and how we hold grudges towards one another. All of us have one of these in here. In fact, as most of us would say, you know, man, forgiveness is so easy. And then there's a lot of us in here that say, but you know, you didn't have a spouse who had an affair. You didn't have a, 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 a child that has gone so wayward and has ran off and, and is living all kinds of uh, curious lifestyles and and all of a sudden, it starts to get really real in a hurry. You know, it's easy, you know, to forgive the little things, and, and boy, but life can be so complicated. Some of us look at forgiveness with a hammer. You know, hey, but this isn't a very big hammer. This, you know, I can forgive anybody with just a little bit of thunder. I can forgive them. But here's the reality. Most of us are like this when it comes to forgiveness. I am just waiting for that one opportunity to prove to you that you have somehow hurt me, you have somehow offended me, you, you, you don't understand what you have done to my life, but I just am ready like this for the next time that you say that one thing because I am going to let you have it. And that's how we really look at forgiveness. I'm convinced we, we walk around with these kinds of things ready for that, that moment to use it, to abuse it, and to let somebody know how much you have been offended. And yet here in the scriptures we're going to look at today, God gives us this, this command, this directive that we are supposed to forgive one another because God understands the importance of Christians, brothers and sisters, the family of God, trying to be as unified as possible and to be walking in one accord because when we are unified and walking in one accord, we can do... Just all of these amazing things for the Lord. And I am convinced of this. Anytime that Jesus and the Lord lays down a truth in his word, Satan is there ready to sell us some sort of lie to get us to buy into some other way of thinking. And so here God tells us that we need to forgive one another, and we're going to look at this uh, here this morning. But here's the lie that comes along. is Satan tells us, you know what, you don't have to forgive somebody because they've hurt you. They've wronged you. They've offended you. It is your right, it is your, your prerogative to hold a grudge for them for 85 years. And if that individual is still alive, you, you can have a grudge for the next 85. That is the kind of lies that the evil one constantly is putting before us when it comes to this issue of forgiveness. You know, this morning I could share with you hundreds upon hundreds of books that will talk about forgiveness, and boy, some of them are really good, and, and it'll tell you, here are the five easy steps, here are the five keys to, to forgiving one another, and, and all of those things are good, but I'm, I'm just going to share with you today how I deal with forgiveness. And you know what? I fail in this. I don't always do a good job of forgiving people. I don't always do a good job of asking for forgiveness, but I want to walk you through this morning, through this passage and others, how I look at forgiving other people. And it starts with this. 
One of the first things that I, I constantly do in my life, and, and I want to encourage you to do this as well, is the first thing is to aim high in how you perceive and how you think about the world that you live in. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3, but the first couple of verses in Colossians chapter 3. It says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on the earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It starts out saying this, since you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated. Set your minds on the things that are above. See, here's the truth that God tells us where we should have our mindset. Our mindset should be focused on the very things that are important to the Lord. It also kind of tells us this, it, 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 there's this identification of saying, since you've been raised with Christ, since you've placed your trust in him, since you've acknowledged that you're a sinner, that you need him as your Lord and Savior, you're identifying with him. I am not my own anymore. I am a child of God. And so I'm putting my mind, everything about me is focused on where Christ is and the things that are important to them. That's my mindset. That should be our mindset. Christ wants us to have this mindset where we are focused on the things that are of most importance to him. The things that would be characterized by who he is because ultimately we want to appear with him in glory. And we know from Romans 12.1 that it says, Therefore, my brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. So I, I've got this, this reality in my life that my mind should be focused on the things that bring him glory and him honor. And what happens is this, I get so caught up in the things around me. I get so caught up in this world, I'm living by the way that the world is, and, and I get so caught up in it, and so that's why I've got this record of wrongs right here. Because my mind isn't always set where it's supposed to be. I get distracted by the work that I have, I get distracted by the family issues, I get distracted by my hobbies, I get distracted by uh, my neighbors, I get distracted by acquaintances that I have, I get distracted by those relationships that I have no control over but I'm forced to have. And here are all of these things and so all of these things in the world are pulling my mind away from where it's supposed to be focused and set and I'm focusing on my circumstances and the people around me, the relationships that I have and therefore when I start doing that, I start behaving like the world. I start thinking like the world. I start carrying these grudges with me. I, I, I have this attitude of, of you've wronged me and I want to one-up you. Fact is, this, this happens to, to me and, and maybe it happens to you. I even will find myself sitting there in unforgiveness saying, I cannot wait until the Lord takes care of that. And I want to be there when it happens. And we sit there like this, come on, Lord, come on. And we find ourselves in that position at times. And there's this reality for us to have this, this amazing walk with him. Our first response every morning is to say, Lord, I have been raised with you. I identify with you. I want to seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. See, here, here's the picture, right? God sees me because of his son, Jesus, and I'm hidden with Christ, and that's such a beautiful thing. And my job as a believer, as a child of God, is to bring him glory in everything that I do, and especially when it comes to forgiveness. See, it's real easy to, to do the things of God that are easy, 
you know, I can pray before a meal. I can bring my kids to church. I can go to church. I, I can witness to somebody. But, man, forgiveness is such a personal thing because it gets right to the heart of people. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning, I know a lot of us have hurts. Boy, a lot of us have, have had bad relationships gone wrong. We, we've, we've had failures in our lives. You know, some of us are sitting there saying, man, Lord, I know you've forgiven me, but I just can't forgive myself. I want you to understand this, this important key when it comes to forgiving is we are called to set our minds on things above. Because that's where our value is. My value is not what this world thinks of me. My value is not what my neighbors think of me. My value is not what, um, what my kids ultimately think about me. My value is that I am a child of the living king, and I've been raised with him. I'm no longer me, but I am his child. And I want to be an individual that offers my body as a living sacrifice to him. The second thing that we see here is, is, is we need to get the big picture. Let, let's get to our text, verse 12 of Colossians chapter 3. Here's the big picture. It says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. So here's, here's the picture, right? Here, the, the big picture is, is as his children, as his chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, we are called to put on these, these attributes, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And, and I just want to touch a little bit on these here for a second. All of these things are great, and they're easy to do at times, but not when it comes to forgiveness. Have you noticed that when there is unforgiveness in your heart, when there's unforgiveness uh, that you're struggling with, all of a sudden we're not nearly as compassionate with one another. When there's unforgiveness in our life, it's, it's like we're a double-edged sword. We are always on edge. We're, we're ready to snap at somebody. We're, we're, we're ready to, to let them know all of the hurts and pains that we have in our life. When it comes to forgiveness, I, I just wanna, I'm, I'm just going to share some things that, that again, I, I think I struggle with, and, and maybe you do as well. Have you ever noticed <laughs> when you have unforgiveness how easy it is to gossip about it? You want to let everybody know how wronged you've been, how hurt you've been, how this individual over here has hurt you, and you want all of your neighbors and your friends to be on your side and let them, and so you've all ganged up on this individual that's hurt you? No, I think that's just a normal tell, a normal sign of unforgiveness is that compassion and kindness turns to gossip and hatred. It turns to cruelty. It, it, it turns into, I'm going to lash out and abuse somebody else. And, and more importantly, I'm going to let everybody else know what that individual has done to me. There's another word in there that, called humility and gentleness. And one of the elders at our church, he, he and I have been doing this lately, and it's, it's been really hard. How many of you pray for humility? You know, we'll pray for patience, we'll pray for this, we'll pray for that. But how many of you really truly pray to the Lord, Father, created me a humble spirit. Father, I want to be humble. I want to be a, a, a man or a woman of the Lord that's walking in humility. But I tell you, humility is one of the, the key uh, components of healthy forgiveness. Because we have to own up to it. We have to acknowledge that they have hurt us. We have to acknowledge that, that, that there's pain in, in, in this relationship. 
and humility, when that is really present, forgiveness can really occur. Forgiveness has a chance to heal. So we see this need of the big picture of walking in humility. Scripture is filled with, with Christ being humble and, and walking before the Lord. I, one of my favorites is where he's at the cross in his last days, and he says, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. You know, we, we walk around saying, Lord, my will be done as long as it's what I want your will to be my will. And there's this reality of surrender to him and saying, I'm going to walk humbly before the Lord because that was the example that Christ gave to us. And that is his expectation that I will be a humble individual walking before him. So we've got to get this big picture of what we are called to do as his chosen, dearly loved children. Forgiveness should be on our tongues and in our hearts and on our minds day in and day out for everyone to see. So we've got to get the big picture. The third thing is we've got to keep our eyes moving, and, and this is an important facet when it comes to forgiveness, is we need to be keeping our eyes moving all around us. So let's, let's look at verse 13 and following. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Here's this idea of keeping our eyes moving. And, and whether we do it intentionally, whether we do it purposefully, we can offend people just by walking down the street. You know, I, I think we all have those individual people that, that for whatever reason, they just kind of push your buttons. They, they, uh, they, 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 they tend to irritate you just by, by the, the mere uh, presence of who they are. But we have to keep our eyes moving because forgiveness is the, 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 the foundation of healthy relationships. If you're married here this morning, I guarantee you at some point in time you've had to exercise forgiving your spouse. If you have kids here this morning, kids, at some point in time you've had to exercise forgiveness because your parents have not always done it right. Grandparents. You've probably got to apologize to your kids, to your grandchildren, and your great-grandkids. Because we all fail one another on a daily basis. Even though we may strive to be harmonized, we, we, we strive for unity, there are things about us that just on the occasion will trip somebody up, and there is the need for forgiving one another. So we've got to keep our eyes moving and make it a point to be forgiving each other. I remember when I was in college, we had this project to do. It was called Project Love. And for a semester, we were supposed to pick somebody in the student body that, that we, we uh, really struggled to get along with. And we were supposed to do particular uh, acts of kindness to them throughout the semester. We were supposed to document it and write a paper on it. And it's funny, everybody picked the same individual that semester. Um, <laughs> And it wasn't me, thankfully, but, it, but I remember that. This guy, he just pushed all of our buttons, and man, it was a challenge to exercise forgiveness to him. But it's real, and it's honest, and we have to be doing that. Here's the fourth thing 
And then we're going to conclude with some thoughts that, that will help us construct a, a foundation for forgiving. Make sure that they see forgiveness is real. Verse 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, we should actually be excited about forgiving others. I mean, we should be able to walk around with, with a, a humble heart and a, and a gracious spirit, and it should actually make us excited to forgive other people. And you want to know why? Because Christ has forgiven us. I mean, I am as wretched as the next guy, probably even more wretched from my opinion. I'm a wretched sinner. Paul made the same things. He said, man, there's, there's no one that sinned as much as he had. But there, we should have this excitement, and whatever you do in word or deed, do it within the name of the Lord, Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. I should be excited to forgive you. You should be excited to forgive me. You should be excited to forgive your spouse for, because they got into the checkbook and spent money that you weren't expecting to be spent. You should forgive them. It doesn't mean that you have to be best friends. It doesn't mean that you have to go on vacations with everybody. But you know what? We should be in a spirit of forgiving one another because Christ graciously forgives me. And he graciously forgives you. For a body of believers to work together, to serve the Lord together, forgiveness will be something that has to be developed amongst the group. I want to give us some, some principles, some other guidelines that I think about on a daily basis that are, I believe, extremely important when it comes to forgiving one another. And the first one is this. Ephesians 5.1 puts it like this. Therefore, brothers, be imitators of God. As children of God, as a child of God, I am to be an imitator of Him. And one of the things that I am so thankful about my Lord and Savior is that He forgives. He forgives me on the cross. His blood was shed for me. And even when I mess up today or tomorrow, I go to him and I say, Father, created me a clean heart. Created me a clean heart because I am in need of forgiveness. Romans 8.29, and this is one of my favorite ones. It's, Romans 8.29 tells us that we are to conform to the image of Christ. Our job is not to conform to the image of this world. Our job is not to conform to the way that the world thinks. Our job is to not be conformed to how your neighbor handles things. We're not to conform to how our boss handles things. We are conformed to the image of Christ. That's hard. Because Jesus was perfect. Jesus was humble in the fact that he was here to do the Father's will and not his own will. We are to be conformed to his image. David, I think, gives us a great key about forgiveness. Psalm 51, you may be familiar with Psalm 51, but it's a passage where David was confessing to the Lord uh, his sin that he had had with with Bathsheba and, and ended up killing her husband. And, and listen to some of the things that, that David prayed from an a, a unforgiven state and then developing forgiveness. He says, Completely wash away my guilt and cleanse me from my sin, for I am conscious of my rebellion, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so you are right when you pass sentence. You are blameless when you judge. Indeed, I was guilty when I was born. I was sinful when my mother conceived me. 
Surely you desire integrity in the inner self, and you teach me wisdom deep within. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. God created me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This prayer is something that, that all of us should be praying on a daily basis. We, we should be examining our hearts. We should be saying, Lord, what offensive thing is there within me that we need to get right today? I'm convinced of this. When you and I are, are, are striving to walk in the Lord with a clean heart, when we're striving to, to live for him on a daily basis that brings glory to him and honor to him, forgiveness becomes easier and easier in, in our daily lives. Forgiveness becomes an attribute that we show and extend to other people. I want to do this for a second. I want you to, to just for a minute, I want you to close your eyes and, and bow your head for just a couple of minutes. And I really want you to think about this for a minute. Who in my life right now am I not extending forgiveness to? Right now, I want you to, to ponder that for a moment. Who in my life am I not extending forgiveness to? Maybe there's a face that's pulled up into your head. Maybe there's a name that's popped into your head. With your eyes closed, I'm going to tell you a story. When I was in high school, uh, I had done some things that I wasn't proud of, and I had dealt with that with the, with the Lord. I confessed, and I had gotten it right with him. But when I was in college, I was convicted because I hadn't shared that with my dad. My dad didn't know about it. He had no idea about it. But I wanted to tell my dad because he's my father. Not only had I sinned against God, but I had ultimately sinned against my dad because he had been sharing with me God's word and, and, and how to live. And so I got the nerve up one day to tell my dad what I had done and confess it to him. And like all, you know, early 20-year-olds, late teens back in that day, I was, I was thinking through how was my dad going to respond when I was about to share this with him. Was he going to yell at me? Although he wasn't a big yeller, but I, I just didn't know if he was going to yell at me. I didn't know if he was going to spank me. After all, he spanked my brother when he was 16, so I figured he would spank me if I was 21. But I was curious how he was going to respond. And so here we were in, in Columbus, Nebraska, and we were at this stoplight, and I said, Dad, I just want to share with you something. And, and uh, I said, when I was in high school, I, I, I had done this, and I just want to ask for your forgiveness. And he, it blew me away what he said. He said, son, why did you want me to know? And I said, because I didn't want there to be anything between us. And you know what? I needed to experience my father's forgiveness. It was a beautiful picture. A beautiful picture that I will take with me as long as I can remember. See, we need to be forgiven. And when we truly experience forgiveness, when, when we allow forgiveness to, to reign in our hearts, we can extend that to other people. Forgiveness starts with this. We know through Scripture that we've all sinned, and that we all fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We're going to celebrate what Christ has done for us today. The men are going to gather back by the communion tables. 
They're going to pass out the bread here in just a few minutes, and we're going to, we just ask that you know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and we'll take the bread together. Then after that's done, we'll, we'll pass out the juice, and we ask that you hold on to it, and we'll take that together as a body at the same time. But as the men are about to pass this out, I want us to examine our hearts. Christ displayed his humility when his body was broken for us. We need to experience humility. We need to apply humility to our hearts so that we can forgive others as well. So as the men gather, I want, you, I want us to pray this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. Father, we've gathered this morning.